0: This is Writing Excuses, episode 10, Pacing. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm
1: Brandon. I'm Dan.
2: And I'm Howard.
1: All right, this week we want to take a talk about pacing specifically about how we keep the tension up in our stories. How do we keep things snappy? Um, let's go ahead and start with Howard.
2: You're good at snappy dialogue. You're good at snappy pacing. How do you do it? I cram all the words into four panels per day. Okay. I do not have room for a lot of dialogue.
1: Mm-hmm. But how do you keep your story snappy? How do you? I, I've noticed a lot of web, com, web comics. You'll come back a year later, and the same scene practically is
2: happening. <laughs> whereas you will have covered entire two three story arcs. We have, we talked about this in a previous previous podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. In late, out early is a great rule. This last week, I was struggling to write a script, and wrote a Sunday script that was nicely. Um, expounding, which is yeah. kind of what I'm doing now. No, mm-hmm. I'm pimping now. You're doing both. I'm doing both. Jordan thinks <laughs> you're doing both. And you're doing them both poorly. <laughs> um, and, uh, but this script, when I was finished with it, I looked at it and well, okay, I've led all the way up to a weak punchline, but I've gotten a lot of story. How do I fix this? And the mm-hmm. way I fixed it was jumping straight to the conflict. What was the conflict okay. I wanted to establish? Good. Okay. Take that conflict, lead with that. How much of the information that I've already written down on the page is necessary? I can communicate that in three lines of dialogue. And you dumped it, didn't you? I dumped the whole script Yeah. and started again.
1: Um, I think one thing you brought up here, very important. Two ideas to remember with this pacing. The first one is conflict. Cram as much in as is possible. Just, just keep it crammed full. When you're building a character, give them multiple conflicts. Give them enough that you can carry an entire story with them. Dan, a, how do you keep pacing up? How do you keep the tension going? I think, for me, the key is figuring out
0: what each scene's job is, what, mm-hmm. you're spo- what, what has to happen during a scene, and then making sure that it does. Okay. And with yeah. me, the answer to that used to be, well, the purpose of this scene is to show what happens the next day. That is a bad answer to that question. Yeah. And if that's the answer, scrap the scene because you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Just jump straight to the next conflict or the next important
2: piece of information. Mm-hmm. I have had scenes where my my idea going into it was it is very important that i communicate that it is the next day mm-hmm. well because the passage of time is important to these stories mm-hmm. sometimes you've got a ticking clock of some sort and yeah. you need to communicate the passage of time but that is not the purpose of the scene that is one of the things the scene needs right. to communicate yes. you can do that in two sentences good morning sally yeah. one there sentence you
1: go. you're done you know I'm, I'm saying two things here the first one is pre-writing um, pre-write if you sit down for a few minutes before you start a scene and think about what's the purpose of it what's the point and what's the main conflict and treating that scene like a story into itself I think you're going to have a lot of um, a lot of success here um, and the other thing i'm i'm seeing is just this same concept of don't just stick it in because you thought it would be cool have things have a point don't just write the next day let's go to the conflict now I do want to say sometimes you do need to foreshadow you can't just jump from conflict to conflict depending mm-hmm. on your story. But, you know, it worked really well in um, Battlefield Earth. Movie was terrible. Book is pretty good. It essentially jumps from conflict to conflict. And if you want to see a story that just goes conflict, 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 you read a story like that. And that's kind of what that, um, that sort of genre of, of space opera, the fast paced one, yeah. does. Now, now, let's be clear about this mm-hmm.
0: for people, though, that sometimes the point of a scene does not have to be intense yeah. or exciting. Sometimes the purpose of a scene is. Um, to explain uh, character, character, yeah. or to explain setting mm-hmm. or something like that, and that's just as valid as an action
1: scene or anything else. Yeah, but there should be tension. You need tension to keep the story moving. Even if it's going to be a setting explanation, the character should be in tension with some points of the setting. Absolutely. While you're describing the setting, getting that tension will help it work. If there's going to be, it's going to be a character set scene, then tension between that character and another character, mm-hmm. or between that character and the plot,
2: that'll keep it moving. Um, one oh, go ahead, Harry. Dean Koontz wrote a book called *Intensity*, mm. and as I recall, in uh, some of his writing about the book after the fact, he stated that his goal was to do exactly that all the way through the book, mm. move from conflict to conflict to conflict, tension, 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 mm-hmm. and never let up. Okay, and it was an amazing read. But I was not man enough to read it straight through. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got about 120, 130 pages in, and I realized he's he's going to drag me yeah. over nails and broken glass all the way to the end. It's it's exciting, it's thrilling, but it's painful. Well, and so I yeah. skipped to the end. Oh, it was really? too. Yes, I did. Wow. I skipped to the end because I had to know. Does she live?
0: Mm-hmm. I let's,
2: had to know. Let's point out here: Koontz is writing a thriller. And in a thriller, you need to be doing this.
1: Now, a science fiction fantasy, you don't necessarily need to be doing the conflict to conflict, pull them along
2: by the nose. But I've read other coots, mm-hmm. and while they were thrillers, yeah. it was thrilling, and then there was a chapter where right. we could where we could back yeah. and fill a little bit. Even regroup. in a
0: thriller, you need breathers. Yeah. In fact, thrillers work best, in my opinion, if you can you know build up a little bit of tension and then let some of the air out. And then build it up more and then let some mm-hmm. of the air out. Not
1: enough to lose the tension overall, yeah. but readers are good. Let's talk talk about some plot frameworks you can use to keep the pacing up in your stories. Um, I like these. These are just ways to think about your writing that will help you do this. Um, if you're having trouble with pacing, maybe you need to use some of these. You can call them tricks. I call them tools. The first one I'll we'll talk about
2: um, is time bomb. What What is a time bomb, Howard? Time bomb is when you establish with the reader up front that there is a time limit. Yeah, something is going to happen at oh eight hundred hours the next day, and yep. it's going to be bad. And so, as scenes unfold, every so often you flash to the time bomb. It mm-hmm. may be an actual time bomb. Right. Uh, it may be any number of other things. It could be the the heart monitor on the patient yeah. is ticking. Down. A great
1: example of this is the TV show Heroes which recently, the first season I watched the first few episodes of, they have a, key, a character jump forward in time and see New York explode in a nuclear explosion, Then he jumps backward in time. They give you a date stamp that sets up a perfect time bomb for this. Mm-hmm. Um, other shows, a lot of shows do it. It's, it works really well. I did it in my book Elantris. Um, yeah. You kind of did this a little bit in Serial Killer, in that you set up, the killer is going to kill again, and you're trying to stop him before he does. Yeah. Um, how did you use this fr- framework? Um, mine was not a
0: true time bomb because mm-hmm. I didn't know, or I guess it's a the character, I should say the yeah. character didn't know uh, when this killer was going to kill next. But that, so what's the difference? What, what, what did you do? Well, um, What I did with it was I just used it as, as a, a way of providing urgency, mm-hmm. which is essentially what a time bomb's supposed to do. Right. And whether you have a, a hard line or not, there's still that sense of urgency of this is going to happen very
2: soon or, you know, at some point, and danger is impending,
1: but you don't know the time limit on that. So mm-hmm. I think
2: that the time bomb that doesn't have a zero on the clock that yeah. you're counting down to can actually be scarier because yeah. you don't you know, know how much time mm-hmm. you have left. Mm-hmm. It can be scarier. It doesn't work quite as well for the whole pacing idea. Um,
1: you know, people, I often say readers want to see progress. I think that's what pulls us along and keeps us reading. A lot of times we're looking for progression. Um, it's why the second framework I'm going to mention, why the travel log works so well. Let's break here and do our tour Book of the Week. Uh, as you may remember from last week, we've started doing advertisements for tour. They've, uh, they've begun sponsoring Writing Excuses, and we really appreciate that. This week, tour presents The Hidden World, the breathtaking climax to Paul Park's lyrical and mesmerizing tales of the magical world of Romania. Gene Wolfe calls Paul Park a brilliant, stunning, frightening writer. Read The Hidden World, new and hardcover from Tor. Uh,
0: Dan, what's the travel log? Travelogue is something, you know, the classic travelogue is uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, a series of characters that go through a series of places. And yeah. he spends a lot of time talking about their travel, about the places that they get to, um, the people that they meet, and that allows him to keep a very consistent pace throughout, because it mm, epi-
1: episodic is, yeah. is not but always But you know bad. where they're going. And mm-hmm. I think that is one part of the, not all... Travel logs do this, but I think it works effectively in Lord of the Rings because Frodo has to get here. Yes. You can watch on the map. That's why fancy books have so many maps. Um, you can watch on the map as they progress. Mm-hmm. They're going a certain place. Well, now let's,
0: as a counterexample to mm-hmm. that, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Fantastic book, but one of the criticisms most commonly leveled at it is that it is very episodic to the point of distraction. And mm-hmm. part of that is because you don't know where they're going. Yeah. It's aimless travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Downstream.
1: Well, yeah, but there's no end point. A great travelogue, and we bring them up all the time. The Gulf of Mexico. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Niven and Pornell did a book called Inferno. Inferno was a science fiction writer get cast gets cast into Dante's Inferno and has to survive. Um, They put a map of the Inferno in the beginning, and you could watch each place they they were going. And it worked wonderfully for me because you could see all the rings of hell and Mm -hmm. where they were going. Perfect, because I could watch where they were going. It was the progression. Um, Another one of these let's talk about is um, The Countdown, (laughs) which is a type of time bomb, but a little bit different. Um, This is where I'm talking about, say, the the Demon Prince um, novels by Jack Vance, or Kill Bill uses this. It's where you've got Uh, a series Mm -hmm.
2: of tasks to accomplish. Um, Why do these work? They work because they show us progress. Yeah. We do... (laughs) We do t- countdowns every day in real life, and that's mm-hmm. why the Franklin Planner was so successful. Yeah. Oh look, check marks. Mm-hmm. Check, 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 check. I got three things done today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it works really well. You would say, "I've got
1: ten people to kill. Let's go kill them." I counted off five checks. I got five things done. Okay, today. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just or two of them were just particularly emphatic. Yeah, um, and I think as a as a reader or as a writer, you need to be aware of why people sometimes are being pulled through your stories. Um, I think that if, for instance, you sometimes get complaints about car- villains being resurrected in stories, um, and I think if you set up, I have these ten villains to kill, and then one comes back, suddenly you 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 kind of betrayed your promise. You said, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna this book's gonna be about these. Now, if your book isn't about defeating the
2: villains and they're just in the way, then that's different. But I think you can run into problems with this. Well, you can run into problems with it if, if you are doing something that betrays the premise. Yeah, but if you mm-hmm. have if you have 10 tasks to accomplish, yeah. and you get to task number 8, and all of a sudden something happens and inserts a really horribly difficult task yeah. in between 8 and 9, that's fine. That's fine. But mm-hmm. don't go back and make them do task number 2 again, because
1: that'll feel like a lack of progress, I think. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something like this. So With this, if you're focusing on all these little things that are creating tension in scenes, how do you keep um, these smaller issues from overshadowing your larger plot? Um, how do you keep yourself on task while at the same time creating tension in a specific scene? Howard, you have to deal with this a whole lot with the, with the sequential storytelling.
2: And I'm trying to figure out how I do it. Yeah. Um, i got to tell you, in late, out early has served me really, really well. Often what I will do when I'm writing a scene, in, in fact, as I was scripting the, uh, the conflict this week, yeah. I got to Thursday's script. And realized, okay, I only need to write two more days about this and I've got a full week of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, my chapters, if you will, are often a week yeah. long. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to Thursday and thought, I I boy, what else do I need to say here? And that's my cue to stop. Mm. There were things that I could do to continue winding down that scene or mm-hmm. taking it into the next scene, but I realized we've we've resolved the immediate conflict, mm-hmm. or if not resolved it, we've addressed it. it, Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've faced it. Uh, I need to throw in two days of something funny and interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I reached into my bag so you, of, yeah, yeah, what are the little side bits that I need to touch on that can also be touched on in this chapter? What else is timely? To show that other things are going on at the same now, time. Mm-hmm.
1: you've got a lot of this going on in your book, Dan. Um, Your overarching story is serial killer, monster is killing people, Mm -hmm. Um, but you've also got a lot of character interaction, things like this, going on to drive the scene. You've got conflict between um, the boy and his mother and things like this. How do you keep that from overshadowing the main story of the the book? Well, the first thing is, this goes back to pre-writing again, is making sure
0: in advance that I knew where I was going and that... And, you know, we talked about making sure each scene has a point. Mm-hmm. Part of that is making sure each scene has a point that serves the overall plot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just, this scene is here because we really need to see John talking to his psychologist. Mm-hmm. But we use that to elaborate further on his psychology, on his character, in a way that, you know, telegraphs or foreshadows um, things that are going to happen later.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we're running a little bit out of time. Let's do final words. We've each got about 45 seconds.
2: Um, Howard, final words on pacing. Keep it interesting. Keep it fast. But let us breathe once in a while. The the thing I learned from Dean Coates was uh, too much of a good thing is not necessarily a good thing. Okay. I I was scared out of that book. Mm -hmm. Readers sometimes like to relax. Okay.
1: Um, My final words, I'll say um, let's cram as much in as possible. Meaning, when you're planning your scene, don't just go into it with one objective. Go into it with a main objective, and then try and show some things about character, and show some things, have smaller objectives to every scene as well. Try to put more in there than just the one specific goal. Um, Dan, final words. Um, back again to preparation. I
0: think pacing is all about preparation. With my own experience, if I go into a book or a scene without knowing exactly what's going to happen, pacing is always the very first element to suffer. Okay.
1: Well, thank you guys very much. Uh, next week, we'll, we're will we going to do a podcast on the business of writing. Thanks for listening. This has been Writing Excuses.
3: This podcast is brought to you by Tor, a leading publisher of science fiction and fantasy. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror.